0: By now, you've heard of the Wild Atlantic Way, but how about the Celtic coast? Today, we're taking a rather quick trip along the coast of Southeast Ireland. (music) Hi, thanks so much for joining me again here on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. I am really excited to introduce you to kind of a newer area of Ireland. But before we do that, I just want to give you one reminder. If you visit a place that you heard about on the podcast, be sure to let them know. This helps me to get more great guests on the show and also to share more great Ireland attractions and tips. So go ahead, be a name dropper. Just say, I heard about you on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing the Celtic coast of Ireland with Owen Cashman, who is the owner of Bespoke Excursions, a family-run tour company based in Ireland's ancient east. Now, Owen has covered the length and breadth of Ireland with his family's Cayley Band before turning his love of country and culture to tourism. So, Owen, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to discuss this topic because it's something that I don't think a lot of people have ever heard the term Celtic Coast.
1: Hi, Jody, Thanks so much for having me. We're delighted to be here today. I'm delighted to be part of your program. So, yeah, the Celtic Coast is... I guess the lesser known of the two coasts in Ireland, obviously most of your listeners will be familiar with the Wild Atlantic Way in Ireland. And I guess as tour operators, we've heavily promoted over the last 20 years, groups coming into Dublin and traveling south via Cashel, into County Cork, Darney Castle, on for Kerry, Ring of Kerry, so on, up to the Cliffs of Moher. But I guess in recent times, I've been getting a lot of inquiries and interest in alternative packages and alternative quieter locations, less traffic, less queues, and so on. So I've heavily turned my attention to the East Coast of Ireland and kind of just reimagined the entire touring spectrum, if you will.
0: I love that because it's been years and years since I've started talking about alternates to some of Ireland's most popular sites. Because there are the marquee sites that people know. And it's like you said, it's what's been marketed. But I did a small group tour in the sunny Southeast last year. And people Mm -hmm. were just blown away by the places we went that they'd never heard of. That, you know, they embodied everything that they imagined about Ireland without visiting a lot of those big, huge sites.
1: Sure. I guess I've only today... I was speaking with a group who's on the ground and we recommended a detour en route to Cork today. And we took them to parts of the country that wouldn't be heavily advertised in the southeast, up over the Comeragh Mountains and the V, into Lismore and County Waterford, and via the backcountry of Dungourney into Middleton for the Jamesons. And they were just blown away with the natural beauty of authentic Ireland and the authentic experience With no tourists, no buses, no queues, and no souvenirs, just genuine, authentic country.
0: And that's so true. It's something that people really, I feel like people kind of hunger for that because it's something that I'm asked about a lot is, you know, where do I find authentic experiences? So I'm really excited today to talk to you about kind of an alternate route for people to take from Dublin Mm -hmm. into Cork, and then, you know, maybe getting a little bit more, a little deeper along this Celtic coast of Ireland. So can you give me kind of the general idea, like say people are going Dublin to Cork, what's the usual route they take? And we don't have to go too deep into this, but just kind of touch on it a little bit.
1: Sure, sure. So 90% of the time, it'll be Dublin via the Rock of Cashel in County Tipperary. And you will do the rock tour, which is spectacular. And then we will continue on for County Cork for an overnight, probably taking in Blarney and Christie's Woollen Mills, or else it could be direct to Kinsale for Chara's Fort and evening at leisure in Kinsale. And then generally speaking, you do Cove and Jameson. So Cove being the Titanic experience, being a big draw down there, and Jameson's Whiskey in Middleton. That'll be your general first day and a half day to two days of your Irish experience on the road and what that means is you've just cut straight through the entire country from Dublin to Cork using the motorway network without really experiencing much of what Ireland truly is all about just bypassing so many spectacular parts along the southeast of Ireland you've got you know, Obviously, a lot of people would travel to Wicklow as part of the generic packages and take in Glendalough and the Wicklow Mountains and Powers Court. But then they tend to pull back to Dublin ready for the bus tour leaving the next day or the car journey or whatever it might be, and completely neglect that you've got the entire East Coast heading for Wexford, taking in Kilkenny into Waterford. And there's, there's such, so many beautiful places that you, you could have the opportunity of seeing if you ask the right questions to people like myself who are just eager to direct you to an alternative experience.
0: All right, so let's lead into that question, Owen. What are people missing? Let's say that they go from Dublin and obviously into Wicklow. They've done Powers mm-hmm. Court, Glendalock, Avondale, and the new Beyond the Trees experience, which is spectacular.
1: Yeah, it's lovely, yeah.
0: But then instead of pulling back inland, what are some things that they might experience along that Celtic coast on the way to Cork?
1: Well, your next county coming from Wicklow will be Wexford. And Wexford is a spectacular coastal county. You've got the Ring of Hook, Hook Head, Lighthouse, Loftus Hall, of course, is another spectacular location to visit when you're in the area. The yeah. Irish National Heritage Park is in, is in Wexford. Of course, you've got the famous famine ship, the Dumbrodie in New Ross, As well as the Kennedy Homestead, which is quite poignant to this in our conversation because we're celebrating 60 years since JFK Mm -hmm. visited his homestead in Wexford this month. So, that being Wexford alone, you could spend a week in Wexford and just keep discovering the most spectacular country.
0: Well, and you know, one of my favorite places in Wexford is actually Dunbrody Abbey. Oh, there's something about that Abbey ruin that you can really feel how it was used as opposed to. Some other abbeys where you're like, okay, I can see it a little bit. But that one just really felt like, I don't know, there's something about it that you can really feel that living space in it. And then they have the spectacular maze, the hedge maze, which is so much fun.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I haven't actually been to Dumbrody in so long myself. It's a beautiful place. So and Tintern is there too. Yeah, yeah, Tintern is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Again, these are examples, and you're even after pointing out the problem here in that I had forgotten about Dumbrody Abbey as a location to stop off at. It's just, this is the problem that I think we're there's all... so much. Right. But
0: there's so much. There's so much to experience that it can... I think one of the things that I hear from people is that there's so much, it gets overwhelming. And I think mm-hmm. that makes it so easy to stay on those well-trod paths because you don't have to make decisions. But, you know, we've just outlined half a dozen areas in Wexford.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And,
0: you know, the Heritage Park is fabulous.
1: Yeah, and that's is, something that
0: most people don't know about.
1: No, no. People wouldn't know about the Heritage Park, nor would they know about Kilmore Quay, Curriclough Beach in Wexford, another spectacular location of the country. And what I think is interesting about Wexford is it's a location that we go to as Irish people. It's like one of our little hidden secrets. And it's easy to get around. There's no queuing. There's great restaurants. There's great nightlife. Um, There's something for all of the family in counties like Wexford and Kilkenny and Waterford and moving into East Cork.
0: Yeah, so let's move on. Where would we go after Wexford?
1: So, I guess you have a few ways of tackling it, depending on what your overall itinerary might be or what your plans are. But Kilkenny is a must see, in my opinion, and it seems to be overlooked a lot on the let's get to the Southwest nice and quickly kind of a mindset. And of course, Kilkenny Castle is kind of the beating heart of the ancient east of Ireland. And we have the medieval mile, and uh, we have Roth House and the galleries. The Dunmore Caves. Castle Discovery Park is another fantastic location. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever been to that part of the country.
0: Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Kilkenny. It's one of my favorite places.
1: Mm, yeah, likewise. We actually married in Kilkenny. We absolutely adore it. And I'm from Cork, so that's saying a lot. So did my brother, actually, <laughs> which is quite ironic when I think about it. We both married in Kilkenny. Beautiful county. Very warm welcome. Really, really wonderful people. Big sporting county as well heavily involved mm-hmm. in the hurling, the Irish hurling and Gaelic football scene. So, you know, really, really vibrant place to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Then from Kilkenny on to where?
1: So you can go pretty much from when you're in Kilkenny, you're quite accessible to Waterford and East Cork and Tipperary, of course. You could come down from Kilkenny via Melk And as we mentioned earlier, climbing over the V into Lismore and on for Waterford via Dungarvan, another beautiful coastal beautiful. town, beautiful place. And Lismore Castle and Gardens, course, is just out of this world beautiful. As I was mentioning earlier on, I had a group down that neck of the woods this week and they weren't, it wasn't planned and they called me to say it was one of the highlights of the trip so far and just everything about it was unexpected and surprising and joyous and wonderful and you name it. So little hidden treasures, you know? Right. And then, of course, Waterford is a beautiful coastal town. You've got the Copper Coast and Dunmore East there. Reginald Tower being another great spot to hit. The great festivals in Waterford as well, depending on the time of the year you go. And Ardmore. And, I mean, the cliffs in Ardmore and the beauty looking out there is just, it's hard to beat. It really is hard to beat.
0: That cliff walk in Ardmore, I think, is one of the best in Ireland.
1: Yeah, I think so. It really is. And when I'm at places like Ardmore, I do ask myself, without being mean about it, but I do ask myself what the draw is specifically to the Cliffs of Moher when you have this right here, completely uninhabited, undisturbed, just beauty and peace and tranquility. It's just wonderful.
0: But then you have this flip side of that, of... If you didn't have the draw to the Cliffs of Moher, then, you know, would this Ardmore, would Ardmore lose that, the thing that you love the most about it, right? So it's almost that two sides of the coin where if too many people know about it, then that might take away from what it is that is so special about it. So, you know, sometimes you're like, do I want to give away all these secrets? Because do we want the Ardmore Cliffs to turn into (laughs) <laughs> you know,
1: because right. yeah, Sleeve League is
0: getting that way. Sleeve League is gaining in popularity.
1: Yeah. Well, Schlieve League is absolutely brilliant, isn't it? It's and fair. changing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but I think the big thing for Ardmore and a lot of these places that I'm talking about is accessibility for large groups. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that's what keeps them special. You can't get a, a 50-seater touring coach to Ardmore all that easily in comparisons, anyway. And You know, it just, it leaves tour operators when you're dealing with large machinery and what have you, we tend to stick to this, the routes that are serviced, the national roads, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's safe to say that there are certain treasures in Ireland that will never be heavily hit with the traffic because the infrastructure just isn't there, nor is it suited to be there. So I guess Ardmore will always appeal to small family traveling in a car, a rental car, or maybe on a small tour with a private driver and you know that would be the kind of size of it i'm not overly worried that these kind of locations will ever become the disneyland kind of vibes that other places might have
0: that's a very good point i hadn't really thought of the machinery aspect so Mm -hmm. it's good to hear so obviously waterford also has the waterford greenway which is an exceptional biking route so much fun
1: Yeah, it's lovely. It's really lovely. We love taking the kids down to the Greenway whenever the weather permits. We're not a million miles from it. And it's always a great family day out. Really, really great.
0: So from Waterford, we head to your home county of Cork, Yes, which is the largest county in Ireland. And so I think we're going to spend the most of our time there because there are a couple of special places that you and I have discussed Previously, that I really, I want to delve into. So let's get onto that coastal
1: area of Cork. So I guess most people will be familiar with East Cork. It's pretty well documented and advertised for the Titanic and Spike Island and Jameson's and Ballymlew House and all of these beautiful, beautiful places. So with your permission, I will pass beyond them And we'll head further to the west side of Cork, which I think... That would be perfect. Yeah, I think this is the side of Cork where the true gems, the hidden gems of Ireland come to life. So what I always tell people when I'm speaking to them is, especially people who are on the journey of planning their trip to Ireland, and they might already have preconceived notions and idea of where they want to go. If you look at the map of Ireland and you head down to the southwest of the map, you'll see... There's four or five kind of jutty out bits. There's the Dingle Peninsula and Threehead Drive. The next one on is the Ring of Kerry. The next one on then is the Ring of Barra. And finally, you have Misenhead Peninsula. So the first that I mentioned are the two that are heavily, heavily hit with traffic, that being the two in County Kerry. We're focusing here in the west of Cork on the Ring of Barra and the Misenhead Peninsula peninsula predominantly these are the areas where i would have holidayed as a child for weeks of the summer when we were able to you know just spectacular spectacular country and again tying in with what we were discussing earlier on in ardmore the infrastructure isn't there it's not as accessible so it's far far more preserved and tranquil which is something that i personally seek out that's what i'm seeking out when i want to get away with the kids into the real rural authentic Ireland so I guess where to start let's
0: start at Mizenhead and continue west
1: okay cool so Mizenhead is if I'm not mistaken the most southwesterly point of the country mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it is right tucked down at the very very tail end of the country you've got Crookhaven Mizenhead, you've got the three castle heads Goline uh, Dunlock Castle just some really spectacular scenic viewing points, hiking trails, beaches, pubs and cuisine and you name it. It's just a wonderful place. It's actually probably one of my all-time favorite places to be in the country. And funnily enough, Misenhead would be pretty heavy on the traffic all the same. I would tend to steer clear of Mizenhead and aim for Three Castle Head as an alternative when I'm down this neck of the woods.
0: Beautiful hiking there.
1: Beautiful hiking, yeah. Really, really spectacular views and hiking. And just, you wouldn't meet a fraction of the foot traffic or the car parks it wouldn't be half as full, etc., as it would be on Mizenhead, which is exactly what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, Crookhaven would be your destination, your overnight destination while you'd be staying in this area. And again, you can expect 24-7 music, entertainment, lock-ins, sing songs and poetry, you name it. It just has it going on throughout the summer months. It's a fantastic little town.
0: And, you know, I'm going to say that there is just a wee peninsula in between Mizen and Bantry, which is a beautiful little town, and that's Sheep's Head.
1: Mm-hmm. You are dead which, right. Sheep's Head Peninsula is amazing. I
0: love Sheep's Head because you're not getting anything of any size down that. It no. really is just super tiny and just so remote.
1: And of course, you have the, the Sheep's Head Lighthouse, which is just beautiful. And if I'm not mistaken, the Sheep's Head Peninsula there, especially around the lighthouse, is one of the very few completely, what's the right terminology, no light pollution, natural observatories natural for the Milky Way, yeah. right? And if you're down in, in in Sheep's Head Lighthouse at nighttime, the views of the Milky Way and the stars are just astonishing absolutely astonishing because i think it's there's something like 50 to 100 kilometers of no light pollution kind of Mm -hmm. drowning out the views for you there and it's just you could hear a pin drop it's spectacular
0: it really is it really is and then you get on to bantry which i think is it's an undiscovered town and there's so much there
1: Bantry's a lovely town just
0: have no no idea of
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bantry. Of course, you've got Woody Island just off Bantry, of course, which is a great little island to travel out and see. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you have, well, you have the boat tours out of there, the same ones that you would find out of Dingle almost. So right. you have the sea safaris and the whale and dolphin tours. And then you have uh, the Garden Island off of there. And then the Garden National... Islands. Yeah, Garnish Island, and then yeah. Glengareth National Park is just around the bay.
1: That's right, yeah. Another, and see, this is it. I mean, when you delve into West Cork, <laughs> you just keep reminding and finding little parts. You go, oh, God, yeah, how could I forget about Gariff? Or, you know, it, it's one of these parts of the country that has so much to offer. So, so much to offer. The Sheehy Mountains wouldn't be a million miles from you either, with Gugon Barra and the National Park again. Mm-hmm. Again, just all of these parts of West Cork are... Screaming out, I guess, for more footfall. Maybe they aren't. It's hard to know. (laughs) But again, yeah, fantastic, fantastic little areas. Uh, Glen of course, is a beautiful little town.
0: Mm -hmm. And then Uh, that leads us on to that third kind of major peninsula, which is Barra. Right,
1: right. And
0: it doesn't have nearly the renown as Dingle and the Ring of Kerry, which are right there with it. And I kind of think that that's because it's split between Cork and Kerry, so nobody really has ownership of it for the tourists. Yeah, maybe
1: so. Maybe <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you go right up to the middle of the Ring of Barry it's Healy's Pass, isn't it? And that's the, the Healy cutoff. Healy's pass, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's the Cork Kerry border there. But you are right. I think possibly the fact that it, it trails over two counties, neither county wants to kind of take on the project of commercializing it or advertising it as such. But again, within there, as you've just mentioned, if you took Glen Gareth as your starting points and you head off down the coastal path there towards Castletown, Bear Haven and Bear Island and back up round into the Kerry side, you know, it's so many little beautiful villages and what was the word, uh, little activities and people are doing sheepdog trails and there's, you've got your crafters and your local poetry, little cafes and what have you along the way. It's a beautiful little trail, beautiful little ring, should I say that leads you back around to Kenmare.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so Kenmare is a great place to, you know, get off the ring of Kerry and onto the ring of Barra.
1: Right. Yeah. Now Kenmare would be, I guess, pretty familiar for most guests Mm -hmm. of ours who come to Ireland because it's part of the generic package Whenever I have a group who are touching off Glenn Gareth with the intentions of heading directly for Ken Mayer, I'll always ask them, do they want to detour and come come around this side, you know, and it's always something they appreciate and it's unforgettable. And I like to compare it to their experiences thereafter when they've completed the Ring of Kerry. I guess that's just the cork competitiveness coming out of me, but you know... <laughs> Nine times out of 10, it goes in my favor that the Ring of Barrow was the far superior experience, which is awesome to hear. You know, it really is. I love hearing good news stories for West Cork. It's great.
0: West Cork is such a wonderful area. And if I could direct people to Bantry more, I think that would probably be one of my highlights is to get people to spend more time in that area, because you still have a lot of the highlights that you'll find around the Killarney Mm -hmm. area. with
1: far fewer people correct and of course skull i don't know if you've ever been down to skull Mm.
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: personally i find skull is another town where you get the same buzz if you will of ken and killarney and bantry a, a really great great town as well so yeah just as you said trying to convince people away from killarney and what have you is the tricky part but they always thank me afterwards. There's, They always say, no, you were dead right to guide us at uh, something different, just slightly off the beaten track. But, you know, it always delivers. It really does.
0: So we've actually taken a very quick tour from Dublin down that Celtic coast and over to Bera and obviously very quick, touching on only a few areas. Yeah. But hopefully enough to maybe whet the appetites for some people, get them to look into those areas a little bit more. And from that, I'm going to kind of turn our conversation a little bit because we are, so myself and my daughter and my mother are going to Hmm. have a week in Ireland this fall. And I'm doing something this year that I haven't done for a number of years. I'm letting you create a self-drive itinerary for Hmm. me, which is, both exciting and a little nerve wracking because I am a planner in my gut. And so Mm -hmm. I'm throwing my trust on you to do this. And so you're going to be setting up my accommodations and handling Mm -hmm. my rental car. And I'm like I said, I'm excited and I'm a little nervous. But this is something that your company Bespoke Excursions does. You Mm -hmm. offer quite a few private tour options, And you also do driver-guided tours, so I just want to point that out. But what Mm -hmm. I think is really unique is the private drive offering. Because there are large tour companies that people have definitely heard of when they're planning an Ireland vacation that offer private drive packages. But all of Mm -hmm. those are, like, pre-packaged. You know, you're choosing X, Y, and Z, right? You're going this one, this one, or this one. And I like that you will create a customized package with the car rental and the accommodations for individual, you know, couples, families, groups, sure, but you're sure. doing just like a private, you know, it's like you're setting up a private tour, but they're driving themselves. So can we talk a little bit about that and why this is yeah. something that your company is offering? Because I think it's something that is more needed, that personal touch on the private
1: drive tour i agree well i guess the very first thing i'll say jody is there's no one more nervous in this situation than me (laughs) arranging your tour yeah because prior to our conversation here today i was in touch with you to say hey how much experience have you had of this and i thought i'd hit the nail on the head with something you hadn't seen or done and oh yeah i was there in 2012 oh okay so but that's all you know, the time.
0: I mean, that's 11 years. Things change. <laughs> I'm
1: not difficult, I promise. Yeah, but hey, we'll do our best for you. And please, God, it'll all be fantastic. I'm sure it will. But anyway, to answer your question more specifically, Lucas, the driver guide slash tour group thing in Ireland actually only accounts for less than 15% of tourism from the USA and Canada coming in on an annual basis. That's the little bubble that we all live in here within the tour operator world. So you can only imagine the scale of inquiries that we are all getting from folk who want to come to Ireland and do it themselves that effectively are being put in the bin because it's not our thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I started thinking was, right, look, it, we have in my company, we've very you know, I've set very strict boundaries on how many groups I'm willing to take on as a tour operator with buses and cars in one year. And once we meet that quota, and I'm happy that my drivers and my groups are all happy and set up, we have our continuous 24-7 support, our concierge service, whatever it might be, to tailor custom itineraries for them. But then I found myself with a lot of time to spare where I started to look at these inquiries from people who want to do it themselves it kind of became very obvious to me that of course we can do this there's absolutely no reason why we can't provide the same in-house services that we're offering to the groups who are with our team on the road to people who want to do it themselves it's just a slight little adjustment in thought process but in a nutshell with us what we are offering is the full service from initial inquiry to custom-tailored itineraries where we will go through every little detail, be it ancestry or something that your friends had seen or something you saw in a movie, whatever it is, and we'll kind of piece together your trip of Ireland based on that and assign you with someone here at Bespoke Excursions who will be your right-hand man or woman for the duration from initial email right to Bon Voyage at Dublin Airport, as it were. And within that, we have partnered with some of the more well known rental companies in Ireland plus I've invested in in-house fleet which I offer as well now as rentals and taking some of the stress of all of that out of because renting cars for anyone myself included going to the states or canada or europe whatever it's not a very straightforward process and there's right. a lot of pitfalls and hidden fees and you're not actually fully insured. Sorry about that. We need to take a credit card off you and put 5,000 euros on it or some crazy things like this. So I guess that's the part that I have fine-tuned with my partners here in Ireland so that if you come to me with your inquiry, I will revert to you with a quote, which is your accommodation, your itinerary, your concierge service and your rental car fully uh, comprehensively insured all in one. That's what we're trying to achieve effectively. Stunning. Yeah, Because car rental is
0: difficult in Ireland. It's probably the thing that I hear from people the most about is what does this term mean? Why are these fees and and things like that? So it is something that I know people will just like having that, like you said, taken off their plate. I don't have to worry about it. And I get this full concierge service. I have somebody on the ground for me. I just I think it's a mm-hmm. brilliant, brilliant business plan personally, we, and I'm really so. excited to to dig into it and you know yeah, and yeah. see how it works and be able to share that.
1: Yeah, exactly. As we
0: as we work with you this fall.
1: And another point that I think is really important to make on that is what I'm trying to do as well is incorporate if a customer or person wants it is we have at our disposal our touring drivers and our guides and our day guide tours etc etc so Mm -hmm. if you are arriving in as a group to dublin and you're you're planning on spending i don't know 10 days in ireland you don't need the car for the first two slash three days that you're in dublin so Mm -hmm. if you wish we can arrange your transfers from the airport to your hotel we can arrange for guided tours of dublin on foot we can arrange for hop-on, hop-off bus tickets and tours around the cities, etc., And then you can start your car driving days in the middle. And we can also offer, again, at some random location in the country where we feel maybe this isn't a part of the country you might be comfortable driving, we can have a day tour. So you can do a lot. You can be very creative with your time in Ireland and mix it up a bit because for some people... Being on the small group tours that we offer, which, look, they're brilliant. I think I'm very proud of what we do, but they're not for everyone. And maybe five or four days of your trip without a driver in that intimate space with you is what you need. So, of course, it's perfectly achievable. So why aren't we all doing it is the question I've kept asking myself.
0: Well, I think you are going to hit a really great niche market. I think that, because it's something that I talk to people a lot about when I'm planning their trips is you don't need the driver in Dublin mm-hmm. or you don't need a car in Dublin. Then you pick up your car and you go out, but you're going to this area. And I think this area, let's say the ring of Kerry, is best seen with a driver guide because your driver wants to experience the beauty of the area too. And then with all the buses and everything, or maybe you want to get onto the Skellig ring, which the roads are super tiny down there. Yeah. You know, so maybe you splurge on that day for a driver guide to really Mm -hmm. experience it really well. You know, you leave the day with a new Irish cousin that you're sending Christmas cards to every year I just think it enhances the trip. So I really love the flexibility of what you're offering through your Mm -hmm. company. So.
1: Well, that's great to hear that kind of feedback because I was hoping that is exactly my hope is that I can offer your listeners some flexibility and kind of get the most out of each moment of every day that they're on their, their vacation to Ireland. Because it seems a bit senseless to me to pay premium rates for driver guide services on a motorway from one city to another, so to speak, you know? So yeah, There's a lot within this little conversation about the rental thing and the service around it that we are kind of exploring and developing into 2024. We have trialed it this year very successfully in Scotland, believe it or not. I know it's not your conversation, (laughs) but the model that we've had success with in Scotland, we're going really heavily introducing it into Ireland this fall and moving on effectively. So, yeah.
0: Oh, and so how can people contact you to start the conversation, maybe start building their own custom tour? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? And are there any social media accounts that they might want to kind of stalk a little bit?
1: Yeah, please. Of course. First and foremost is the main website is bespoke-ireland.com. That's our, our line. And it's Bespoke Excursions, Luxury Tours of Ireland and Scotland. That's what you're searching for on Google and Bing effectively. And if you want to catch us on Instagram and Facebook, again, it's just Bespoke Excursions and you will find us right away. Moving into the fall and winter, we are going to be separating our two divisions effectively. So we have Bespoke Ireland and Bespoke Scotland, which will be separating. So all Irish inquiries will come to BespokeIreland.com. All Scottish will go to BespokeScotland.com. Mm-hmm. But you will find everything about us nonetheless within Bespoke Excursions, Luxury Tours, Luxury Tours, umbrella term if you google us that way perfect reach out to us on info at bespoke as well is the fastest inquiry path you can come directly to me as well own e-o-i-n at bespoke likewise but the website and instagram seem to be the two most active locations for me at the moment which i'm surprised at. i thought that most of my clientele would be facebook generation more so so it's, it's interesting
0: Well, and all of my listeners know that they just have to visit the show notes and all the links that we talk about are right there. Easy for them to access. Bespoke Excursions is offering a special discount for my listeners. When you contact them at bespoke-ireland.com, be sure to use the code IFV for Ireland Family Vacations to save 5%. This can be used on a driver-guided tour or a self-drive tour. Just don't forget that special code I-F-V. So Excellent. as we wrap this up, because this has been, I mean, chock full of information, obviously, loads and loads of things for people to be of kind of for considering. <laughs> so let's finish with three off the beaten path locations that people might want to seek out in County Cork. I know it's a big County. There's a whole lot there. So that is three beaten paths. <laughs> well,
1: you beat me to the first one. Head lighthouse is one of my favorite of all time locations to go to. So that is a must castle Freak forest in Ross Carberry, which would be, to the east of Skibbereen and south of Clonakilty, That is another location that we would holiday in a lot as a family now. And it's just one of the most beautiful, charming little villages in Ireland, in my opinion. And the kids love it. Parents love it. So definitely a must visit. As for the third location in County Cork, well, you see, I have a dilemma here because... I'm from Blarney, but I grew up in East Cork in Middleton, likewise. So I feel obliged to mention one of them. But, but they're so well known. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of unfair to mention them because of the fact they're so well covered. So I think I will stick with West Cork. And I will say the Pier Caves. I wonder if you've ever heard of that.
0: I've not. You've got me stumped on this one. Ah,
1: good. Okay. Well, I'll have to incorporate that into your itinerary. So when we're traveling, the Coos Pier Caves are on the Ring of Barra, and um, they're on the Kenmare Bay side, looking up into the Ring of Kerry, tucked away deep into the the terrain. I guess kind of. Not the easiest thing to get to by car. You'd have to park a distance away and, and travel by foot to the caves, but once you're there it's a really beautiful place to visit.
0: Stunning. That one definitely is hidden.
1: You can't find it, no. <laughs> you're there trying to google I'm, it, aren't you?
0: No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, but I'm just thinking that that's definitely a off the beaten path spot. That's exciting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I so like we'll, that. that's that's the def- okay. So I found something you don't know. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Cool.
0: Oh, you're funny. Well, Owen, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today to to kind of give us that, you know, the highlights of the Celtic coastal route down uh-huh. that eastern side of Ireland. maybe give people, I don't know, it's going to go one of two ways. It'll be like, seriously, there's more now that I have to choose from or... Yeah kind of the excitement of getting off of the regular motorways and away from the coaches. So it's going to go yeah. one of two ways, but yeah. I <laughs> I want to thank you so much for running us through that because that's fun.
1: And I guess Jodie, all I say is we quite literally, I just bullet pointed my way through the Eastern coast of Ireland. So there's so much you can expand upon in each of those areas and in each of those locations and the history and just the magnitude of history. In fact, that happened in some of these places. So again, If anything that I've discussed for your listeners today is just ringing something in their ears and they want to expand on it and hear more, I'll happily dive into a specific thing in more detail with a person by all means anytime. Just feel free to reach out.
0: Wonderful, Owen. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Jodie. It's been a pleasure.
0: This podcast was so much fun for me to record because it's an area that so few tourists visit and there's so much to experience and discover. Such an amazing part of the country. Now, if this has inspired you for your upcoming Ireland vacation, don't forget that podcast listeners can save 10% on the My Ireland Vacation Planner and Journal you can find out more about that at irelandfamilyvacations.com forward slash Ireland Planner. And don't forget to use code podcast10. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review at Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can't leave a review on your podcast app, you can visit the Ireland Family Vacations Facebook page, and leave a review there. Or, if you're an Instagram user, snap a screenshot of the podcast, pop it into your Instagram stories, tag me at Ireland Family Vacations, just say something nice. If you have any questions or comments, you can always email me, Jody, J-O-D-Y, at IrelandFamilyVacations.com. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, slånga